Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. All right, Jeff. Well, um, man, it's been a long time. This whole season three of Cup for Time, we've been in Galatians, and now we are finally switched gears. We're in Lent, and we're in a new series. This is um, a series that we've titled As Promised, and we're looking at just the first few chapters of the book of Matthew. Um, so to start our Cup for Time, why don't you just give us a summary of what you preached on from Sunday, and then I'm going to have you kind of give us also, you know, an overarching view of the series itself. Yeah, so Sunday was uh, kind of a jet tour through Matthew chapter two, and there's a lot there. Uh, there's actually three big uh, prophecies, in a sense, that Matthew is looking back at. He's going back in the Old Testament, things that God had promised, things that God had said he was going to do, uh, that, that were going to be the examples of his coming to save and redeem and work in people's lives. Uh, so that that sort of ties in with uh, overall theme of this series in Lent, which is God working in Jesus to fulfill everything that he's promised he's going to do. Jesus is the good news. And sometimes in Lent, uh, which you know, Christians, you know, have different perspectives on it, but it's, you know, a long tradition in the church of uh, the season leading up to Easter uh, and opportunities to uh, fast and pray and love others in practical ways. Sometimes maybe there, you know, there can be a temptation to put the emphasis on us and what we need to do and, and things we ought to take on or get rid of. And it's not that that's bad, mm -hmm. but, but what I wanted to do with this series was focus on Jesus is the one who is the fulfillment of the promise. Jesus is the good news. And when we act, it's in response to what Jesus has done. Uh, so just trying to draw our focus back to Jesus and the reason that he came particularly is because we don't do the things that we ought to, and we're not the people that God created us to be. Uh, so the hope is in Christ uh, and, and him coming in fulfillment of God's promise to save and heal and deliver and rescue. So we started Sunday looking at that in uh, Matthew chapter 2 and all these prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus' life. And, and really, as we're going to see over this series, how Jesus' life actually kind of retells or re-embodies, recapitulates the story of God's people and what he's doing in his people and through his people. So at the very beginning, it's uh, this uh, the story of Jesus' birth that Matthew structures around the fulfillment of these promises of uh, a better king, mm -hmm. that uh, we need a king who's going to, even though he has all glory and power and majesty, a king who's selfless. Uh, he's, he's born in this humble background, and, and he's gracious and uh, selfless to step down into our messes and our brokenness. And uh, he's, he's not embarrassed of humble, backwards, you know, needy people and small things. Uh, that's good news for us because that's not the way I often am. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is the better king that's promised because he's the faithful king. 
uh, part of the reason that Jesus has to come is because of our faithlessness, our idolatry, our turning away from God. And um, we see that in the promise, uh, you know, when Matthew's quoting Hosea 11, saying, Israel was a child and out of Egypt I called my son. And, and it's really about God leading his people out of bondage in Israel, but as soon as they are free, they turn away from God and start uh, running away from him and building uh, idols and worshiping them. And Jesus is the faithful king. He's, he's the one who will obey God faithfully and, mm -hmm. and trust him and stick with him. And maybe even most <laughs> encouraging for us is that Jesus is also the compassionate king. Uh, he, he knows all our brokenness and he's not just compassionate and merciful to us in that, but he is the one who's actually going to heal all our brokenness and our messes. And, and he steps down into all of it with us, not to condemn us, not to judge us. Um, like, uh, Jesus says in John three, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, we would be saved. And Matthew's pointing us to Jesus as the compassionate king, because we are all created in God's image to, to rule in some way, to exercise authority, to reflect what God's like in ruling over our little part of creation. And the message of Lent, the message of the gospel is not, I need to do a better job, but I need a better king. I need a better king ruling over me. And the good news is that's Jesus. And as we know him and see him, then yeah, he does start to change us. So that's kind of the, the, you know, bringing together both, you know, what we're going to be doing in Lent uh, in this series and uh, how that starts out in Matthew chapter two. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, um, Jeff, you, got, you and Joey kind of um, take turns on being the main architect of a series, right? Um, so you definitely do like still support one another in that but this was something that you were the architect for this series so how did you come up with this idea like um i guess how did you arrive at the idea of studying the gospel of matthew this lent and um was it um something was there anything specific that led you to this uh yeah i mean it was thinking through, we, we kind of try and follow a bit of a structure and a progression through the calendar year, through the church year, in fact, around uh, leading up to Easter is often a focus on our brokenness and our need of a Savior and Easter and coming out of that is, of course, God's provision of a Savior and what does life in the Savior look like? Mm -hmm. So after Easter, we're going to be going into an extended series over spring and summer in the Sermon on the Mount and what life in Jesus' kingdom with Jesus as the king looks like. Uh, and the lead up to that is those early chapters of Matthew as well, where we see why we need a king to rule over us, why we need a better king. And, and at the same time, as I started digging into looking at these, you know, these first six or seven chapters of Matthew's gospel, um, a lot of commentators have pointed out how Jesus, again, in, in his life, sort of embodies or recapitulates the whole story of God's people. Um, I'm called to be faithful, but I'm not. So Jesus is going to be the faithful one. I was called to be an obedient son, but I'm not. And so Jesus is the obedient son. And 
God's deliverer, Moses, leads his people out of bondage into the wilderness and through the Red Sea. And as mm -hmm. soon as they do, they start disobeying and complaining. And Jesus comes to bring us into a better, you know, a greater exodus. And he goes through the waters of baptism and goes into the wilderness and obeys where, where God's people failed. And, and then he's going to go up on the mountainside and instead of giving us new commandments to follow, it's a new way of life that he's inviting us into. Uh, so it's this, it's this great paralleling of Jesus being the fulfillment of everything that God called his people to do, but we've failed to do. But now because Jesus has come, we actually can live into that life that Jesus has made possible for us. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just, I'm really excited about how this all kind of fits together uh, with why Jesus has come is really the big question. Why, why do we even need a savior? And what does it mean that he's the fulfillment of everything God intended for us to be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So um, let's bounce back and just, I guess, briefly just talk about Ash Wednesday. For people mm. who um, maybe joined or weren't able to join, I'll just recap, you know, our main points that we reiterate each Ash Wednesday is um, you've the focus of love, fast, and pray for the season of Lent. Um, and how will you do those three things? And um, you just mentioned, like, without putting the emphasis on ourselves or Instead mm. of thinking, I need to do a better job this Lent, um, we need to change our thought to, I need a better king. So mm. how can we um, do those three practices without the focus of, I need to do a better job? Mm. You know, um, could you, like, would you be willing to share maybe your three practices for Lent and how mm. they actually point you to Christ instead mm. of like, what's the motivation, right? Is the motivation mm. um, pointing you to Christ and reminding yourself of your need for Jesus? Or is it your mm. motivation to earn and do better and succeed at these goals during a season of Lent? For example, I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, oh, I'd love to fast. I'm going to give up, you know, chocolate or candy or whatever. Um, and it would be so nice if I lost a few pounds in the process. Like, I'm sure you've heard it. I've heard it. So how do we do these practices that are good and are holy, but um, don't make them about us? And can you share yours? Yeah, so it's it's not just uh, seasonal dieting uh, with a with a spiritual emphasis. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, that's yeah that that's a big question because our man our motives can get so tangled up. And uh, probably just the best thing for us all to remember is that God is pleased when we take steps of obedience to honor Him, even if our motives are not pure, because our motives are never totally pure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's okay. But I, yeah, I think God would also, Jesus would also want us to look at those disciplines, those habits, the, you know, whatever we call them beyond just what they can do for us, uh, and, and see them as responses to what God has already done. Right. So that's, I think that's really the key. That, that you're getting at is the motivation behind doing those things. And it's not that there's, you know, something wrong either with I'm going to diet and lose weight so that I'm in better shape or I'm healthier, or, I mean, that's not, 
that's not wrong in itself either. Um, but yeah, that's different from saying, I want to give up something that's not even bad for me to have necessarily, but it's just something I enjoy because maybe I've enjoyed it too much and it's, mm -hmm. it's taken too big of a place in my life. And I want to recognize my, you know, the desires and the needs that are driving me are really behind all of them is what God ultimately created me for, which is himself and, and to worship him in all the good things that he gives me. Because again, God is not saying it's wrong to enjoy coffee or chocolate or whatever. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's not even, you have to give up something, but if you took on the discipline of saying like, I'm going to intentionally praise God every time I drink coffee in this season, I'm, I'm gonna remind myself that God is good because he made me in a way to enjoy things like coffee and chocolate. And he made a world that's full of good things like that. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and of course, if it becomes too big of a thing, that's, you know, that's a healthy discipline. It's healthy to look at that and say, okay, how, how would God want me to discipline myself? Help me grow more in self-discipline as an expression of his life in me uh, so that I'm not controlled by that thing. Uh, that, that there's there's nothing I have to have like that in order to make me happy. Yeah. Right. So the things that I'm doing are mm -hmm. a little different. Um, one thing that uh, kind of well, two two related ones around praying more and uh, loving more. Uh, obviously, you know we're all aware and have been following the news about events in Ukraine and Eastern Europe and everything going on there. And I can just say probably like for many of us, man, that has made me pray so much more consistently uh, and just cry out to God so much more on behalf of brothers and sisters in Ukraine and suffering people there and the nation and people in Russia who, you know, are also living under a horrible tyrannical leader who's conscripting their sons to go off and fight in a war that they don't even know why they're fighting and, you know, living with propaganda and lies and disinformation and, and even to pray for Putin, for God to change his heart, to grab a hold of him, to humble him, like, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, wouldn't that be an amazing thing, right? Like if, if it was a, a story of uh, like what God did in Nebuchadnezzar's life in the book of Daniel, where he just, he humbles him in his pride. So, uh, and then giving more intentionally uh, to some causes and ministries that are trying to help provide direct aid for the people who are suffering, for churches who are trying to step in, and ministries like uh, KTS, Kiev Theological Seminary, uh, who are trying to just love their neighbors and bind up the brokenhearted and uh, defend and protect and save and heal and offer hope. Uh, so that's where some of the giving uh, and the prayer is definitely going much yeah. more intentionally this year. Um, and then in terms of you know, a little bit of fasting, I, you know, it's not so much around diet or anything, but honestly, some of my social media consumption, you know, nothing's out of control or wacky or anything. But um, one of the things that I've just noticed and, you know, been brought to think on from other people's observations is uh, social media just seems to encourage us to, you know, all be experts and have an opinion about everything. And I decided, you know what, I, 
that's probably not healthy for me. It's probably not healthy in general, but not for me anyway. And so what I want to do is I don't want to go on social media and talk about anything except the hope that we have in Jesus and encouraging people and seeing more of him. So I'm just, and I've really had to fight against the temptation with everything going on in the world and, and people's comments and challenges and difficulties and, you know, debates and issues to, you know, to want to jump in and offer my perspective and put in my two cents worth. And it's not saying like, Oh, you know, who am I? And, you know, I don't have anything. Maybe I do have something meaningful to offer, but mm -hmm. I don't have to do that, especially if it's just about, you know, needing to be noticed or feeling like, well, boy, people really need my perspective. Yeah. Um, they're, they're smart, competent, wise people. And, you know, I can, if I want to be online, at least for me, I've just decided I'm going to fast from offering a lot of unsolicited opinions okay. on stuff that I'm really not an expert about. And instead, uh, you know, say, if I'm going to be online, I want to make it about offering encouragement and pointing people to Christ. Um, and, and that's it. And I'm just going to fast from the rest of the stuff and trust it to God. And then that becomes some prayer too, praying about those things that I'm tempted to want to, you know, offer my expert opinion on. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thanks so much for being willing to share. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Jeff, would you mind closing our cup for time by uh, praying for uh, our congregation and um, specifically with the focus of, you know, this season of Lent and your desire for God to work mm -hmm. through this sermon series and through everybody's um, Lenten practices for us to come to know him as the better king mm -hmm. and um, why we need a savior. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's pray. Thanks. Father in heaven, we uh, come to you uh, at this time of year, recognizing that there's, there's nothing magical about this season. There, there's, you know, we're not better Christians if we observe Lent. We're not better Christians if we don't. But it's a good prompt for us, Father. And thank you for the tradition of centuries and centuries of Christians that have handed on to us. Uh, the suggestion that this this could be helpful. It's it's a good reminder that we can all benefit from reflection and humility and discipline, godly discipline that you would grow us in. And Father, I pray that that's what this season is about, whatever that looks like for any of us, that uh, as we look forward to Easter, uh, it would be a season of recognizing why we need a Savior. And at the same time, remembering with such gratitude and joy and worship that Jesus is the promised redeemer. He's the Messiah, your anointed one, your son, who has come to save us, uh, come to heal us, come to change us. So God, let that be what this season is about. And, and if there are disciplines or habits or things we should take on or let go of, guide us in that, Father, with grace, with grace for ourselves and for one another to um, help us to see, especially through uh, this sermon series and this season, uh, how Jesus is the good news. He's the fulfillment of everything you've promised to do, and our hope is in him. So, Father, help us to live out of that uh, with gratitude and joy and, and intentionality. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.